0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: My Believe in Broncos podcast is presented by my friends at Superbook Sports. They have the most favorable pricing and better odds. They are the leader in Las Vegas for over 30 years. They have extensive wagering menu for everything you want to bet. And the mobile app? It's now available at Superbook.com. Coming soon, they will be at the Lodge Casino in Blackhawk. So sign up today and start betting. Welcome to the Believe in Broncos podcast. I am your host, Troy Rank from Denver 7. I'm not saying it was hot today in northern Colorado, but I'm pretty sure my new address is the sun. My address, Longmont, Colorado. 805.04. (laughs) I mean, it was, they set a record in Denver. It reminded me, I lived in Lake Havasu City for a full year. One day there, it was 127 degrees. Thankfully, um, my wife and I were there. We had my parents' boat, so we water skied on Lake Havasu, and the lake was like 72 degrees, which is like bathwater, but it felt like an ice bath compared to 127 out. That's where the London Bridge is, in case you're wondering. Uh, and so a famous restaurant there, is just fantastic. I'm not sure if it's still there, but I've been in 127. I lived in Yuma, Arizona, which was nearly as hot as Lake Havasu. Worked there for two years. And one day there, it was 120 with about 99% humidity. Might have been the hottest day of my life, at least covering an outdoor sporting event, youth baseball. But today, it was scalding hot. It set a record in Denver uh, for temperature on June 15th, so um that was impressive and just as hot today one drew Locke easily had his most impressive day during our media viewing periods that we've had three or four of them now uh clearly his most impressive day if this were training camp we would have said he won the day and if this were the day they made the decision we'd say he's the starter they don't make decisions on june 15th but he had an impressive day so on the program today we will discuss the quarterback derby heated up a little bit, uh, figuratively and literally, uh, between Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke. We will also get into what's the latest on Aaron Rodgers, and then I look at the changes I saw in Melvin Gordon and his first appearance at Broncos offseason. He's been training on his own, as you know. Uh, we'll get into that as well and then see what the quarterbacks had to say about their performances and kind of where this all stands and how they're dealing with the the quarterback competition and then i'll make some fearless predictions but let's get started shall we on a scalding tuesday at uc health training center the only thing that was hotter and hot 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 Buster poindexter hot 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 the cure the one was hotter than those two things drew lock today he had a terrific day And the red zone is where he, and frankly, he dominated. He started off a little clunky, held on to the ball too long. I had him three for six to start. I saw some of the same things that I saw earlier. Looked like he was pressing a little bit, trying to force the ball, holding on to the ball, like kind of trying to find that medium. And then as the day progressed, he got better. He completed around 10 straight passes. And he was really accurate on the seam ball, you know, up the middle multiple completions up the middle on just absolute dimes he was throwing and then in the red zone that's where he separated himself today he had touchdown passes to Tyree Cleveland second year player out of Florida touchdown pass to Andrew Beck who beat coverage and made a nice two-handed grab back of the end zone and then on a drag route across the across the end zone wide open Noah Fan. it looked like a blown coverage might have been Pat Sertan one of the corners got Uh, trick there on that coverage because Noah Fant was wide open, but Drew Locke, really impressive day. I had him, again, roughly 13 for 16, 108, 115 yards, depending on how you see how guys would have gone after the whistle's blowing, whatever, but three touchdowns, no turnovers. That, for Drew Locke, was an impressive day. That isn't necessarily how he wins this job. What would be more impressive is if he can back it up. And we will be able to see back-to-back days for the first time this week with mandatory minicamp. And that's kind of had the, the mark of a good player is consistency. You know, when I've talked to before about what makes a player great, they're just good for a long time. What makes a player good? Well, that's just being consistent. And so Locke had a remarkable day. It'd be the equivalent of a player going three for four in baseball with three-run home run, four RBIs. And then what Drew needs to avoid is, If he has a down day tomorrow, that's an 0-for-2 with two walks. And you still do positive things, not 0-for-4 with three punches. Like, that's what he's got to avoid, is these these huge peaks and valleys. And can he be more consistent? It, It really comes down to this with Drew. Can he take chances and take care of the football? Today, he did. He did. He was impressive. And it did demonstrate the differences between these two quarterbacks. Teddy Bridgewater, he wasn't bad. I had him seven for eleven, like 55 yards. Today, he reminded Bronco fans to give you an, of an Alex Smith. You know, in his years with the Chiefs, you know, we joked, Captain Checkdown. There's value in that because you don't turn the ball over. And I thought Teddy initially made better reads. And even though he was he was relying on, and I've said, he'll throw the five yard pass and ask the receiver to get the other six. That is Teddy's trademark and he's not afraid to check it down some of that is the right read though it's not just him looking to bail out of a play and i saw some of that early. but where teddy struggled to separate himself today or even you know gain equal footing with drew is he wasn't uh, as proficient in the red zone he threw a couple balls out, uh, out of the end zone including one on fourth down which doesn't make a lot of sense uh you just throw it up for grabs there and see if your guy can make a play but that's teddy he was again. I had him seven for eleven, like fifty-five yards. Very conservative. He's accurate as always, uh, but no turnovers. Which there's value in that, but no big plays. And what I the Teddy I saw today reminded me of Case Keenum after Keenum's uh, first game with the Broncos when he got booed. I think he threw the three picks, and Case became ultra conservative. And he did. He stopped throwing interceptions, but he also stopped throwing touchdowns. And you can win without throwing. Interceptions to some degree, but at some point you got to make plays in the modern NFL. You've got to get to 23, 25 points. Let's, let's call it what it is. I mean, you just you've got to get to that number. You're not going to be a playoff team trying to win by the aggregate score of 20 to 17, 17 14. It's not happening. 2015 is not walking back through that door. TJ Ward, the No Fly Zone, Chris Harris, Darren Stewart, to keep they're not coming through that door. You're not getting that type of Defensive production, even though this defense could be good, so you got to score points. But it was an impressive day for Drew Locke, and even how has he talked to us afterward. We are seeing growth from Drew. We're seeing that progress, that maturity. You know, he let down some of that kind of uh, him against the media, him against the world attitude, and he is starting to demonstrate a maturity that's matching, frankly, his off-season work ethic. And that's what it was good to see for Drew today. Is when you put your head down and you do film work with Peyton Manning, and he explained today that work with Manning was essentially Manning going over last year's film and Drew saying, what do you see here? What did I do wrong? And that was a nine to 10 hour session over a couple of days, and Peyton basically analyzing Drew's film form. Um, and so that was one step, him throwing all the time, him throwing with receivers, including Noah Fan a lot. He said he worked with him maybe as much as anyone this off season and then lifting and changing his diet. So when you do all those things, for me, it's cool to see him get rewarded on a day like this. Now you got to do it over the course of time, but this was a day where that work paid dividends. It paid dividends. Teddy Bridgewater, I say he's got this presence about him when I talk to players privately or on Zoom. You know, he's calmer than a lagoon. Teddy walks into the huddle. You feel like this guy's got it. He knows what we're supposed to do. He can get us in the right play. And there is value in that. But what we did see today are the differences between these two quarterbacks. Drew Locke, when he's playing well, has a higher upside than Teddy Bridgewater. He's got a chance where he gets scalding hot and he can he lets it rip. He's that pitcher, you know, throwing a ninety-eight mile per hour fastball, and you're just like, man, that's breathtaking. He also gonna be the guy that again walks guys and has home runs hit against him. Like he that's what that peaks and values where Teddy can get ultra conservative at times. I mean, that's his lows for me. But that's his his, his floor, though, is still better than Locke because he doesn't turn the ball over as much. If Locke can play with consistency, I, he can win this job. There's no reason he can't. But he's going to have to show he can take chances and take care of the football. And that's what Teddy Bridgewater, he's got to take care of the football down pretty well. And I know we'll see that in camp. But can he take enough chances where they look at it and go, hey, we've got Cortland Sutton. We got Jerry Judy. We got KJ Hamler. We've got Noah Fan. I mean, we got to be able to score. We got Melvin Gordon. I mean, we've got to be able to score points. So, can we do we have a quarterback to take advantage of that? And one interesting stat came out of that today, and Teddy Bridgewater had a revealing comment, and we'll get into more of that as the, the podcast goes on. That he basically said he should have shut it down after he got hurt with his knee in the second game against Tampa Bay. And when you look at the numbers, I mean, it does speak to that where he's essentially had four picks, two, uh, four interceptions, two touchdowns the rest of the way. He said he just wanted to keep playing. He loves football, but he said in hindsight, he probably should have shut it down for the year in Carolina. You know, obviously, you got maybe a little crossways with Joe Brady about the red zone stuff, and then he's dealing with the injury. But he was saying, hey, those first eight games of last year, look at him. I played pretty darn well. Statistically, he did. And if he could be that guy, then he would have the advantage. But. I thought there was going to be separation by the end of June, you know, end of mandatory minicamp in this quarterback battle. But from what I saw today, I think they're going to go into training camp equal. I thought privately they would know who they want, and they might still. But I, I doubt that. If Drew compl- continues to play the way he did today, they're going to enter training camp on July 27th. Again, even footing, 20, you know, 50-50, all that stuff, which... To me, it's fair. I just don't think it's fair in terms of your team trying to win. The result of quarterback competitions, it typically doesn't pay off for teams that drag those through training camp. But we'll see. Uh, but what do the quarterbacks have to say about their growth in this offense, their, specifically how they played today um, at the first day of mandatory minicamp? We'll talk to Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater after the break. My show is presented in part by Hoggett Injury Law. With us, it's personal. Speaking of personal, let me tell you about my friend Darby Hoggett. I've known Darby for about a decade, coached his son in travel baseball. We used to hang out at games, talk about sports, especially the Denver Broncos. He's a big fan. We have become good friends. In fact, many of his clients have become his good friends. You don't even have to pay Darby up front. If your case goes as planned, Darby will be the one writing checks to you you've been hurt in a car wreck or injured at work, give his team a call at one 833 hoggett That's 1-833-H-O-G-G-A-T-T. Or find out more, visit their website at www.hoggettlaw.com. So on the first day of minicamp, we had a chance to talk to the quarterbacks. And I am your host, in case you're just joining the pod now. I'm Troy Rink from Denver Seven. We had a chance. I was out there at mandatory minicamp today. I was melting away with the rest of the media. It was great to get a chance, though, to really get to watch for a longer period of time, get a better feel for how this team's progressing. And again, the story, of course, was the quarterbacks. Drew Lock, Teddy Bridgewater. We got Teddy, two gloves, Bridgewater. Drew, one sleeve, Lock. I think that's how I'm going to call them going forward. Teddy, two gloves, and Drew, one sleeve. <laughs> got to have a little fun with this, folks. But Drew Locke, again, his most impressive day during our media viewing period. I've said that in talking to people privately, they've seen this as a 50 50 battle, an open competition. The slate is clean. They felt Drew was the best guy. They wouldn't have brought in Teddy, they would have brought in a true backup. So uh, Drew has to play well. And today he did. So during the Zoom presser, I was the first one to ask the question to Drew just kind of about his day today and kind of where his confidence level is now with this offense as he's gone through the off season, because we don't get to see everything, kind of where is he at now? And how did he feel kind of about his performance today? Drew, Drew you got me okay? I got you, Troy. Perfect, thank you. And it was first time we had seen you, I guess in a week, but man, you really got into a rhythm today, especially on seam routes. Kind of where is the confidence at now? Is it just been a kind of growing progressively? Because part of it is we don't see you other than 20 minutes on a Monday. So can you just kind of let me know where you're at? and? Is what we saw that last part kind of indicative of how your confidence is growing?
0: Um, I'd say due to the, the studying and, and the work in um, this offseason, I've been able to be a lot more confident out there. Um, you know, we're making changes here and there. There's just a lot that went into this whole offseason that I think after the first couple weeks, we're going to start seeing grow and grow and grow and grow, and grow and including my, my confidence. My confidence is high right now. But, you know, that's just because we're in practice, everything, and I'm just excited where this is going. Um, I see a lot of things that we're building on, so to say, where we get to focus on some minor details now instead of maybe last year focusing on some bigger picture things. Um, I think that will help us be 10 times better in the long run.
1: And that's that's Drew Locke there, and he has a right to feel confident. You know, again, he had a good day, showed some of that emotion. I think, again, the key, some of the keys with Drew is, play with emotion. Don't be emotional. At times last year, he gets emotional. He gets impulsive. He tries to make plays that aren't there. And it leads to turnovers in the NFL. And I I do think that point has been hammered home to him, that you've got to know what you see on the field. You've got to make right decisions and you've got to process up information more quickly. And if you see it late, that doesn't mean try to make up for it by forcing a pass. And, you know, in, in, In full transparency here, some of the reads for Drew Locke were easier reads, one reads. You know, we've got to see where is he at when he has to scan the whole field. You know, is he still going to struggle to hold on to the ball? Those are things he has to continue to work through. But he's identified it. And those are things that he's got to get better at. Seeing the whole field, processing the information more quickly. You can have all the hardware. you got to have some of the software, folks. And there's not an app for that. Can't download it. Just say, hey, I want to be an NFL quarterback. Siri, download NFL, middle of defense, processing. But Drew Locke is making progress there. It's all going to matter in how he does 11-on-11 11 11 against the ones in training camp, even twos, but what's that look like? And those practices against the Vikings and Eden Prairie uh, for a few days, what's that going to look like? Those are going to be the telling days early in camp. Uh, How And today, just so you all know, you'll ask, they both went against the ones uh, pretty much it looked like the same amount of time. There was a lot of running the football in these, and that's it's kind of weird because you don't get the same look running the ball, but there was a lot of that there. But Drew Locke, again, he won the day today. He deserves credit. had a big day. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, again, Teddy was Teddy, and I've said that. Drew can't try to be Teddy. He's not going to be a better version of Teddy than Teddy is. But Teddy today, it was just kind of that underwhelming one that I know would frustrate Broncos country if they were out there. But can this team win with Teddy Bridgewater playing conservatively? You can argue with their defense, the way it's comprised, they can. I just think that is you're trying to thread such a fine, fine uh, needle with that. And that that's a problem. And I, that's, I don't think you can consistently win that way frankly. But again, Teddy Bridgewater, after he hurt his knee, after week 10, it was week 10 uh, at home against the Buccaneers. I remember watching, I think there was weather involved in that game as too. I think that was like Thursday night game, but I remember watching it. After that game, his stats, 102 for 162, 1,181 yards, two touchdowns, four interceptions. And again, when you look at where he was after he was injured he was 78.8 rating he was not the same um, but his 16 starts before he hurt his knee and then we're going back to starts again for the saints that he remember he went 5 and 0 for the saints when Drew Brees was hurt a couple years ago he had a 99.2 rating over his previous 16 to 16 starts before the knee injury the touchdown to pick ratio was 23 to 10 completion percentage of 71 you can win in this NFL with that 2 to 1 touchdown to pick ratio 99.2 rating the player he was after the knee injury you cannot win with that you're not a playoff team with that so it's, it bears watching teddy brought it up today you know but i i asked teddy how do you deal with trying not to you know get too involved with this quarterback competition how do you embrace it how do you deal with it so you know i asked teddy today after practice and here's what he had to say teddy good to see you because you're a veteran, you've been through some stuff similar to this, does that prevent you from like doing the scorecard stuff and grading days? Or how do you deal that deal with it when you're in a quarterback position, a derby, and it's the most high profile position? How do you deal with it? How will you deal with that in camp?
0: You know, you just keep shooting. Um, you don't get carried away in what's going on. You just keep playing ball. Um, when I'm out there, I understand my job is just to find completions, get the ball to my guys and not my opponents, uh, keep our offense on the field. So, you know, everything else will take care of itself. It's one play at a time when you're out there. If you look too far ahead, you know, that's when you fall. So just keep shooting. That's the mindset.
1: So you got a guy who says, hey, you got to keep shooting. And Drew is known for shooters got to shoot. It's going to be an interesting battle here. It's It got more interesting today, frankly, with Teddy Two Gloves and Drew One Sleep. And then that leads to the final quarterback topic today. We can't have a podcast if we don't talk about Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers was doing some promotional work for the golf event he's doing with Kepka and Bryson uh, DeChambeau and Tom Brady. Tom Brady took a shot on uh, on either a conference call or whatever they were doing, Zoom, where he was saying that, telling Bryson, hey, I know Aaron's got to be frustrated because, you know, uh, he, he didn't get to take chances, didn't get to take his shot. He was clearly referring to them not going on fourth down. And then DeChambeau responded in kind with basically, hey, I'll let him do whatever he wants, you know. And and Aaron said, essentially to the point, it, it's, not at, it's not my choice. You know, I don't get the choice. Meaning it clearly wasn't his decision to kick a field goal against Tampa Bay uh, on fourth down there when they needed a touchdown to try to win that game at Green Bay. And it was a shot. <clears throat> that was a clear shot at his coach. And then Brady said something like, I know the feeling which appeared to be a shot at his old coach, Bill Belichick, or his coordinator, Josh McDaniels. Whatever, maybe I'm reading too much into it. With Aaron, I don't think I am because of the fact that every word he says, it seems like it has intent. And then he was wearing a shirt that said, I'm offended. And I wondered if, you know, does that go back to the president's comments from the Packers saying, Mark Murphy basically saying that, quoting Ted Thompson, that Aaron Rodgers is a complicated fellow. That was so... Derisive. It was so stupid and, and just, you know, almost sophomoric to take that shot at the reigning MVP. That is a comment for internal consumption. To say that in a presser to kind of one up your quarterback, how are you winning that? Do you think taking shots at Aaron Rodgers is going to make him come back? I mean, read the room, folks. I mean, he has dug in, Rodgers. I just everything i've seen from rodgers this offseason, this is the first time he's ever skipped otas he does not look like a guy who's going to play another down for the packers and honestly i don't if he plays for the broncos it'd be great selfishly for my media coverage because they would be a primetime team a marquee team so i'm not gonna, i'm not i'm not a rooting interest for say in aaron rodgers i'm just saying read this story that he's dug in every time he's had a relationship falling out in his life it's never really been prepared and not fully and now you got the president of the team taking a pot shot at him. It's like, keep talking, president, because now he's not coming back. And Aaron basically said he enjoyed not having to answer to anyone. He was in Hawaii doing his thing. But he still made it clear he wanted to be an NFL football player. That did not sound like a guy who's looking to retire. He sounded like a guy today who just did not want to play in Green Bay or step back foot in the state of Wisconsin unless he's in an opponent's uniform. That, that was my read on it today. And the next mile marker in this drama, in this journey of drama, will be training camp, July 27th. Will Rodgers hold out? Because at that point then, he's making it clear he doesn't want to play for you. You're not going to be able to give him enough money to make him come back. He's disappointed with the front office, maybe to a lesser degree the head coach. But he's certainly disappointment and runs deep, and it's not changing. So they have a choice there to call his bluff, let him sit out, Trade him in the offseason when the market conceivably would open up to more teams that would know their quarterback situation and also have the draft picks available leading into the draft and have the cap room to manipulate to get him. The downside of that would be he's a skilled player who's sitting out a year in his late 30s. Would that diminish his value in terms of trade compensation? Probably not if there's enough teams involved, but that's the risk. That's why the Broncos. If you're a Broncos fan in Broncos country, you hope the Packers just say enough and trade him this summer because the Broncos are in the best position of really anyone with their cap room, quarterback need, a new GM in George Payton who's nimble enough to make the move of two first, a second, probably a player that would hurt like a Judy, and then Locker Bridgewater goes back in the deal. But that is the latest on Aaron Rodgers. It certainly does not look like there's been any fine in that frosty relationship and drama. So for all our talk today about Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater, Drew one sleeve, Teddy two gloves, have got to keep an eye on Rodgers because it's not going away. And if he holds out to begin training camp, that's where it will get really interesting as to what will the Packers' stance be at that point. One guy with the Wisconsin ties who was back, who did not hold out and is in camp for the first time, as he promised, Melvin Gordon. I talked to Melvin. You can go back and look it up on my Believe in Broncos podcast. Um, He was one of the first to be on the podcast and very revealing, but he had said then he's not going to really be a guy that's at OTAs. He works out on his own. What I saw from Melvin Gordon today was a guy who both symbolically and physically is eyeing a fresh start in his second year in Denver. Um, He looked faster. He looked a little leaner. He had burst. I asked Melvin about that, again, about kind of his off-season, his training. Did he feel a little differently about kind of where he is with his conditioning as he came into mandatory minicamp? Melvin, good to see you again, my man. Uh to see you, A couple of questions for you. One, it looked like you might have been a tick leaner. I, did Was there a change at all this off-season, or is it just you feel – you know, there just seemed like there's just you looked a tick different than when we saw you last year at the starting training camp. Was there any adjustment in that regard?
0: Uh, well, I actually got to 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 train and and do what I do. Um, you got to think most of the time uh, before we even got there. You know, most of the gyms were closed down. People were trying to run in the houses. I mean, we I was literally meeting up with people trying to you know, sneaking gyms to, you know, try to train, man. So it was a little, little tough. So, you know, I didn't, I didn't really, you know, go through what I go through to get myself prepared and ready for the season. It was just a big adjustment all around. So, you know, I kind of went back to my roots, um, you know, with everything opening back up. So, you know, it's, it's nothing different, man. Um, it's just, I, I just, I know what I need to do. <laughs> I know what I need to do to come out here to be special. You know, I, I don't want us to be in the same situation that we were in last time or last year. So you got to do a little more and that's what I've been doing. So just cause I haven't been here don't mean I haven't been working. Uh, you know, I, I grind, that's that's what I do. I I've pride myself on that since I've been to Wisconsin and I'm gonna continue to work hard as if I'm a free agent. So, um, like I said, just, I don't know, I think people assume just cause I wasn't here that, you know, I haven't been getting it in, but I got my little plan, my people that I work with that kind of get really getting me ready for the season. And uh, you know I'll be ready along with the rest of our crew this year. And speaking
1: of the fresh start, not only did he look different on his burst and you know going through the holes he, again, it's it's no pad, so let's not get carried away. But he looked a little different to me. Physically, looks different because he cut most of his hair off. No more dreads out of the helmet. He said his helmet size dropped down one because he has so much uh, less hair. Uh, but again, the, the hair thing for me is almost symbolic. But he had a funny answer when I asked Melvin today, like, "Hey, what went? In, you know, what went into your new look? Looks like you, you, you lost some weight when you cut your hair." And the last thing you, it looks like you cut your hair was that by uh, hey. just was the heat, or what was the behind that? It's been a bit since we've seen you. With hair.
0: <laughs> uh yeah, I just needed some change, man. You know what, Bo Jackson been trying to get me to cut my hair for a while, uh, so I know he's somewhere smiling. But um, I just wanted, you know, I just wanted some change, man. You know, I just felt it was time. I've been wanting to cut it for a couple of years now. I was just kind of, kind of nervous, kind of scared too. Um, my dad was pretty pissed at me. He told me that. I'll, he literally told me you'll lose the power of flash if you cut your hair. So <laughs> he's a little, he's a little pissed. But you know, it's, it's not in the hair, man. It's in, it's, <laughs> it's the talent. So uh, I hope you guys like it, man. It's different, but you know, I guess I'm used to. So Melvin, again,
1: for me, he looks better. Uh, he's always, he's a workout fiend. The guy embraces the grind in that regard. So it's not like he was ever going to be out of shape. He just looked like he had a little more burst. He knows there's a competition with he and Javante Williams. He's the favorite, clearly. But here's my thing with, with Melvin. If it turns out that you like Javante Williams and is, you know, three weeks into the season or a month into the season, Javante's, you know, that bowling ball uh, fire hydrant with legs back that you saw at North Carolina, Melvin could still have use as a third down back. He averaged 50 catches a year for three years for the Chargers before joining the Broncos. Last year, the Broncos were the worst team in throwing to the running backs. So they need to get Melvin involved. He has good hands. He's amazing on the wheel route. Even today, though, on just dump downs and crossing patterns, he's got good hands. I mean, this guy can make a difference in the passing game. They've got to find a way to make it easier on their quarterbacks. If it's not Aaron Rodgers, to get the ball in the hands of their running backs, and that starts specifically for me with Melvin Gordon in the passing game. I think Melvin's going to start to start the season, but you know, just based on his knowledge of the offense, the condition he's in, he's got an edge to him. He understands that he's got a lot to prove. Even though, again, he had a really strong second half last year, last eight games. 4.98 yards per carry. He finished with 10 overall touchdowns, uh, but he knows that you know this is a very critical for y- year for him whether he stays here or moves on to another team as a free agent. This is a big year for Melvin Gordon, and, and again, those are things that we're going to keep an eye on. Our quarterback, how does Melvin Gordon fit in all this in terms of the running back position? And you know, again, I just see Melvin as the slight uh, leader as we go right now because of the fact he knows the offense and he is coming off a respectable year, certainly the second half of the year. So as we finish up this podcast, and thanks for joining me. I'm Troy Rink again from Denver seven. I'm going to make five fearless predictions, have a little fun with it. Maybe I'm delirious from the heat because as I look outside, I'll tell one last funny story about the heat. When we were living in Lake Havasu city, it means it was a small town. I had a wonderful time there. First job out of college. But in Lake Havasu, they, they, two things happened. Like, it was like a one-stop-like town when we were living there back in 1993. And they added like a red robin was a big deal. And then they added this new jail, like a modern jail for 1993. And outside of the jail, remember, in the summer, it averaged about 115 degrees in Havasu. In the summer, they put down uh, in front of this new jail, they paved it in front of it. So... When I worked in the the office at the Daily... What was the the name of my paper? Today's Daily News in Lake Havasu City. There was a two-paper town in Lake Havasu, if you can believe it. But Today's Daily News. uh, But outside this jail, uh, they they, they had the pavement down. And inside our newsroom, we had a scanner. We had all the police traffic. A prisoner escapes from the jail. Outside, he's running down the street. No shoes on. Recently paved... Uh, tar outside the jail his feet caught fire and he turned around and ran back to jail and turned himself in so he could get treatment and ice on his feet it wasn't that hot outside today but it did bring back memories of Lake Havasu with the record heat here in Denver today so we'll finish today's program have some fun five fearless predictions I predict number one the Broncos used two quarterbacks this season 17 games I don't know that one quarterback, A, will be effective long enough to hold down the job or stay free from injury. Both Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke battled injuries last year. And Locke battled, has battled injuries his first two seasons. So I predict they will use two quarterbacks. Unless one of those quarterbacks is named Aaron Rodgers, then they will not use two quarterbacks that will start. But as of now, they've had 10 starting quarterbacks since Peyton Manning. Two with a winning record. Brett Ripon, Trevor Simeon. I predict that Melvin Gordon's greatest value for this Broncos team, when we look back, if they go to the playoffs, will be as a third down receiver. He would have 55 catches, four or five touchdowns as a receiver, which will open up this offense in ways that we did not see last year. I predict Bobby Massey will start at right tackle. Massey uh, has liked Colorado. He wanted to live here even before he signed here. He's comfortable here. He's got to get healthy, though. He's got a pictorial injury, so we can't even assess the right tackle battle right now. Today, Massey uh, did not participate. I doubt he would participate any time this week. Calvin Anderson was out with an undisclosed injury, uh, so Quinn Bailey got some run. But I predict Bobby Massey will start at right tackle. I don't know if Cam Fleming makes the team in that scenario, but I predict Massey, if healthy, will be your starter. I also predict that Pat Sertan will play more than at least one of the cornerbacks who's listed as a starter. Because they can use him inside and outside. He's got versatility. And the guy has got some crazy game. Check out my Twitter feed. But he's got his necklace, the PS2 PlayStation controller necklace, gold. And he's already got the PS2 earrings. He's got that part down. He's got the big league, the show as they call it. He's got the show jewelry. I'm just trying to get show hair at this point. He's got show jewelry. And my final fearless prediction Noah Fant, Jerry Judy combined for 11 touchdowns. This is the year Fant has to get to six, and I believe Judy could easily get to five five or six touchdowns. Judy did not finish practice today, he had a stomach ailment, but he's had a wonderful offseason. I talked to him on Saturday. You know, he's feeling more comfortable in the offense. He's obviously uh, eliminating part of the drops issue, so he's had a really strong offseason. I predict <clears throat> that Jerry Judy and Noah fan will combine for at least 11 touchdowns. So that is the fearless prediction. Again, I'll be back out at mandatory minicamp on Wednesday and Thursday, still working on see if I can line up a guest for this week's podcast, but a lot of news too, even without that, as we go through mandatory minicamp, eyeing the quarterback battle as Drew Locke on a scalding hot Tuesday won the day. Thanks again. To my sponsors, Superbook Sports. My friends over there, they are fantastic. And my friend Darby Hoggett. Again, he was the, the first sponsor of this show. He jumped on board. He reached out even before I was sure I was going to have a podcast. So thanks to Darby and my son Dagan for producing these episodes, making it seamless so we could turn them around more quickly. And frankly, thank to all of you for the all overwhelming support. If you, want, if you have a chance, go back and look through some of the old podcasts as well. Uh, with Steve Atwater, with Melvin Gordon. Mark Sanchez, Booger McFarland, Brandon Stokely, Tyler Palumbas. Just a lot of fun. Not just football, but some of it's about their journey, some about their life. So go back. Let me know what you think. You can always reach me on Twitter, at Troy Rink, T-R-O-Y-R-E-N-C-K. Uh, that is the best place to reach out. But thanks again for all the support Broncos country. I do this show for you, but happiness, that begins with me. Go out there and have a great day.